0: This is Philly Sports with Giovanni.
1: E A G L E S Eagles.
0: This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated.
1: Blitz is coming. Hurt sees it. Gets rid of it. It's caught for the touchdown.
0: Here's your host, Giovanni Hamilton. Hey guys, welcome back to the Giovanni Show. Today we have on OJ McDuffie. What is up, man?
1: Man, you are what's up, man. Yo, you the man, bro. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to live in your world. You know what I mean?
0: I am so excited to have you on once again on the show. Really excited to uh, talk to you about your career this time because last time we were doing the anti-bullying campaign, which yeah. was great, but this time I really want to dive in to your career so really excited to have you on man really excited to talk some ball with you
1: I so, really appreciate that man you know especially you know I know you're a big Philly fan man you know I mean I appreciate you showing the Dolphins a little bit of love man I really do appreciate it
0: yes sir fins up
1: <laughs> that's right baby
0: Well, <laughs> uh, what was your time at Penn State like I know me and you are both Penn State guys um what was your time like there
1: you know what I'll tell you this Gio, man, it was uh, at first it was tough because for one, I was homesick. Um, I wasn't playing a lot. You know, most of the guys that go to Penn state, they used to being like the big man on campus. I was like the low, you know, I was was a little fish in a big pond at that point, you know? So it was a, it was a tough adjustment. Um, But thank goodness for my mom and my uncle and my family, it kept me positive, man, and, you know, to fight through that first year and get over the homesickness, get over not playing, and then once I started playing, it became obvious that, you know, there was a lot of um, – they had a lot of confidence in my ability, and they also, you know, had me in their game plan. Same thing that, you know, Joe Paterno told me originally. You know, playing as a freshman is tough anywhere, but definitely it was tough playing as a freshman at Penn State. I had a lot of growing to do mentally and physically – and uh, once that growth started taking place, you know, I, I found myself, you know, in a good place to be able to go out there and, and contribute. And as the years went along, I was finding myself contributing more and more. And I count, and they were counting on me more and more. And that was just that was outstanding, man, because I had no idea. You know, I went into Penn State thinking I might you know, I play baseball and football at Penn State. And so I thought, well, hell, if I can't play football, maybe I can get, you know, play baseball professionally. So I tried I was doing them both. But then when I got to a certain point in my football career and I saw how that was progressing, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to let baseball go. I think I can make a living playing football.
0: Was that hard for you to juggle the academic uh, part of college and then playing two sports also?
1: Yeah, it really was, man. And it really, you know, they talk about it now called time management. I don't think they called it that when I, when I played back then. <laughs> Back in the early '90s, late '80s, early '90s, where well, the time management part was was huge, man. And a guy named Don Farrell, who was our, you know, our, uh, you know, handled all our um, academic stuff. He, you know, we were in study hall. We were, you know, we had tutors. You know, we had everything we needed in terms of, you know, if we wanted to be successful. Some guys didn't take advantage of it. You know, for me though, you know, I knew my mom would kick my butt if I didn't get my grades up or keep my grades right. You know, and I knew if uh, I wanted to play sports and Penn State was really, really big on both being a student athlete and not an athletic student. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that they're still big on that, which I love. That's why I'm planning to go to Penn State. Um,
1: You better go to Penn State.
0: Of course, of (laughs) course. So who was your favorite guy to line up against in the NFL?
1: Wow, that's a good one, man. Favorite? See, you can't call this guy a favorite because he gave me fits all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. Is that? A, can you consider somebody like that a favorite when he's <laughs> he's that good? You know. <laughs> but um, competitive wise, you know, I had a lot of you know when I first got in the league, the most guys that I had the most competition against were the guys on my own team, the yeah. Troy Vences, the J.B. Browns, and, and when I first got there, and then after that, it was Sam Madison and Pat Tan. But when it was coming to – when we're talking about opponents, Ty Law. Ty Law in, in New England was – he was a headache, you know what I mean? But you always welcome that challenge, man. He always did, and obviously he's – you know, his greatness is shown as he's going to be in – you know, his his Hall of Famer. Um, but just to just to be able to, you know, line up with him and know the game plan and, you know, know that I, I got a long Sunday afternoon ahead of me, and that, was, that was the guy that gave me fits all the time and fun to play against.
0: Yeah, must have been great. Is there any guy that you look at nowadays and you're like, man, he would have made me have a rough day?
1: <laughs> There's a bunch of them. I mean, these DBs are so big and strong and fast. You know, we've got a couple here that are just incredible, man. you you talk about Jalen Ramsey and, yeah. and, and Zayven Howard. I mean, the way they are built nowadays, you know, with my slight frame, you know, at 5'10", 185 when I played – these guys are so big and strong and fast. It's like, it's a, it's a tough deal. Um, so I think there's so many great corners out there that if you don't find a way to get a guy like me open through, uh, you know, lineup, through motion, through different through picks, I and mean, we don't call it picks, we call them rub routes, you know, um, those, it'd be, it'd be a little tough for me now, but we all adapt to the game. And I think a lot of these guys have adapted to the game size wise and whatever. So I'd be able to play in this era, but it, I wouldn't be able to play the way I played back in my, my day. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so this year, the Eagles are playing the dolphins. I think it is week two. They're playing the dolphins. The first matchup of Tua Tugavailoa and Jalen Hurts since college. (laughs) I am so excited about this. I can only imagine how excited you are about this because the Eagles' defense is so good, but yeah. the Dolphins have Tyreek Hill. So he is going to terrorize Darius Slay, as always. But, man, how excited are you to see this matchup?
1: I'm really excited, man. And you know what? this uh, Geo, we had a really good look at each other last year when the Eagles came down here and worked out in the preseason. And so we got a little bit of familiarity with each other, but, I, I, I mean – the Eagles are they are amazing. They're, I mean, honestly, obviously they're the best team in the NFC. Um, and so it's going to be one hell of a matchup. And I think that no matter what, both teams will be up to the task. We just have to be able to weather that Jalen Hurts and that offense storm and that defense you talk about is second to none. I mean, I put my offense up against anybody, but that defense is one of those defenses. I'm like, you know what? Maybe not this defense. Maybe the other 30 teams I'll put our offense up against, man. So it's going to be a hell of a matchup. And for me, you know, it's it's exciting for me because, you know, the Eagles are one of the teams I wanted to play for. You know, playing football in college at Penn State, I thought, you know, Pittsburgh or Philly would be awesome. You know, or I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland Browns would be awesome. But I got Miami. So... Eagles are one of my favorite teams of all time because of that reason. So it's a, I'm, I'm, you know, trust me, I'm all aqua and orange now, but Eagles are still a team that I I really love and love watch, watch playing.
0: Yeah, for sure. I was looking at the schedule when it dropped and I was like, this game (laughs) is the one that I would want to see in person because it's just going to be such a great matchup.
1: Yeah, it really is, man. And it, it really is. You know, and you know, it's so funny because, you know, you, you say two versus Jalen, you know, obviously they're not going to play against each other, but don't think that they're not going to be competitive against each other for the obvious reasons, you know, both of them want to shine in that game and they're both going to have other teammates that are going to try to make sure the other one doesn't shine, you know, before those exact reasons too, man. So I think it really brings a lot of the team into these, these, these games when you've got guys that have a history with each other, you know, playing for the same team. And then of course, Jalen, you know, moves on uh, to Oklahoma, but at the same time though, you got guys that are in that locker room that want to make sure their guy is the guy that comes out on top in those situations.
0: Yeah, Jalen and Tua will definitely be looking at each other from the sideline the whole yeah. game that game.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So, uh, what wide receivers in the league today kind of remind you of yourself when you're watching the game?
1: Wow, like we talked about before, the wideouts have changed a lot too, man. They're so man, they're so big and fast. I mean, Tyreek's not a big guy. Jalen Waller's not a big guy, but they're all super fast. You know, for me, I ran four, 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 five, you know, somewhere in there. These guys are running four threes and low four fours. So with that being said, you know, I don't know. You know, the guy that I really liked a lot and hasn't played a lot lately is Jarvis Landry. You know, I thought Jarvis and I had the same type of game, you know, working in the middle of the field, blocking all the time, not super fast, but quick, you know? So I thought Jarvis Landry was one of the guys that reminded me the most of myself.
0: Man, I love Jarvis Landry. I remember uh, I really gained so much respect for that guy when they did the uh, hard knock series on the Browns and getting to kind of know him behind the football. He's such a right. great guy. Love him. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Definitely one of the one of the better wide receivers.
1: He really is, man. And I'm telling you, he got he got traded from the Dolphins right before he broke some of my records, so I'm I'm happy about that too. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> love, um, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, going into playing football, who did you model your game after? Who were you watching, and you were like, "I want to play like that guy."
1: Well, it's just crazy because, you know, I talked about growing up in Cleveland a little bit, but one of my favorite teams was the Dallas Cowboys, like most people, you know, America's team at that point because they were always on TV. We only had three TV stations now. see, You're lucky, Gio. You got – I don't know how many stations you have on your TV, but us growing up, we only had three, and one of them had the Cowboys on all the time. So I love Tony Dorsett. You know, I love Tony Dorsett. I just love the Cowboys. I love watching them on Thanksgiving. I, I love watching them on Monday night like all the time it seemed like, and they always played the four o'clock game on Sunday. So they were always on TV. So for me, I was a running back growing up. I was a wide receiver at Penn state only, you know, before that, you know, all the way, all the way growing up in high school, I was a running back. So I always tried to be like Tony Dorsett.
0: Yeah. And you, you said that about the three TV stations. Now we got all the TV stations. We got the apps. We got the, Netflix, the Paramount, the, oh, everything. Got the Hulu, <laughs> everything. Well,
1: Geo, you wouldn't even remember the days when cartoons only came on on Saturday. Yes. Saturday morning was the only time cartoons were on, man. So, yeah, it's a lot has changed, bro.
0: Yeah. Um. So what is your prediction for the Dolphins uh, uh, record this year?
1: You know, I hate to do them, but I, I think this year – you know, uh, what were we 10 and what were we 10 and seven last year, I think, or somewhere around there. I expect us to be a, a win two more games tonight. I look at us to be at least twelve and five this year. I know we got a, a hell of a schedule. I think we got second or third toughest schedule in the NFL this year, but I think that uh with if Tua with Tua healthy, we're one of the better teams in the NFL, period. So I, I think a 12 and five season is uh is reachable, achievable.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Um, I think that they'd make the playoffs with that. They, yes. they the wild card at least.
1: Yeah, I think we get in. And you know what? In, in the AFC East, is, it's gotten tougher. Obviously, you add Aaron Rodgers, of course, the Buffalo Bills are good. And of course, you know, Bill Belichick and, and, and New England Patriots, they're not going to be down for long. So the AFC East has gotten tougher. I, I, and I feel like our team has gotten better. So the competition within the division itself is going to be stiff. I think we can win some games away from the division within the conference and that'll give us that opportunity to at least make a wild card position for sure
0: for sure like the the divisions have just completely 180 like even the nfc east like went from being one of the worst divisions to like the best
1: it's crazy it's yeah. crazy man and that's what the nfl wants right geo they want that parody they want they want a different champion every year if they could yeah. you know what i mean they're tired of kansas city winning they wanted the eagles to win it last year you know
0: Man, I was there, and it hurt my heart. I was there, and it hurt my heart.
1: What a game, bro. What a game, man. And you know what, though? That pain, I'm going to tell you, that pain right there is going to propel the Eagles to be even better this year, you know, because I know when the Dolphins lost to the Cowboys right before the perfect season, that was the thing that stung them more than anything was losing that Super Bowl. And then they were, Don Shula, actually, when it came back the next year, he showed the film of that. Of that Super Bowl loss, and he said, "You don't ever want to feel like that again." I think that'll be the same way for the Eagles, man. You know, and, and they'll use that as motivation to go out there and, and get get across the finish line for sure.
0: Yeah, and uh, one one of the the memories that I have from the Super Bowl is I had media credentials, and I'm back uh, at the post game interviews. Um, Nick Sirianni walks into the room, immediately spots me, walks up to me because we had met. At the combine the year before, Mm -hmm. he walks up to me crying and says, "Sorry, I couldn't do it for you. We're gonna get it next year." And then,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, And then I go to the combine this year, and he goes, "What did I tell you at the Super Bowl? We're gonna get it this
1: year." (laughs) Yeah, man. What a great head man. I mean, what a great head man. You know, and I love that youthful energy that he has, and I love that recognition of you and being a you know the fan that you are and that. You know, these guys, we play for something bigger than ourselves a lot of times, man. You know, and you being the the, the fan that you are. And I love that these guys realize that they're not the only ones that this means the world to. You yeah. know, when they're on the field, it means the world to a lot of people. More than, the, you know, the 53 to 70 guys they have in that locker room. It means the world to thousands and thousands of other people. And for your head coach, man, your head man to recognize that you know that's important man we we've got a great head man and Mike McDaniel and he's the same way they have the same personality and I'd love to see those two match up in the Super Bowl it'd be it'd be epic
0: it'd be elite let's get it let's get yeah, it let's see for
1: this. sure for sure
0: um so if you did not play football what would you have been doing for your profession
1: well baseball was my other option um but who knows i'm i'm 53 now i'd probably still be in the minor leagues you know trying Trying to get up to the bigs, um, I wanted to work in. You know, I went to Penn State and I graduated with a labor relations degree, which I wanted to work within. You know, any professional organization in, in the front office, whatever you know, whatever steps I had to take to get you know higher within the front office. So, really, just staying within sports, but really professional sports was really was I was looking forward to. You know, after you know after my high school, after my college career,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, Who was your best friend on the team throughout your whole career? Like, did it kind of fluctuate? Like, yeah. you get different <laughs> guys in the locker room that your energies just matched? And who were some of those guys?
1: Yeah, that's a – you know what? It, it does fluctuate because, you know, the NFL means not for long. So, some guys that I really liked, you know, weren't there very long. So, I had to find a new best friend, you know, and <laughs> – Fortunate for me, I was there at the same team for nine years, so um, it was hard to ha- find a best friend throughout the years. But my best friend now, since, has been Lamar Thomas. You know who we hated each other in college. You know we hated because we he went to UM, I went to Penn State. We played against each other a couple of times. They beat us, and he talked so much about that. You know about how much they, you know, how many times they beat us. But now he's one of my my best friends ever, man. And that was one of my favorite teammates to play with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, so I've heard that Dan Marino has called you his favorite wide receiver that he's played with. So how did it go from uh, him not really liking you to him throwing you dots and you becoming the the uh, leading receptionist in 98? Like, how did that – how did that whole thing amount?
1: <laughs> that's, that's even a, that's a great question. You know that, yeah, that pit Penn state thing didn't work well for him at the beginning. You know? <laughs> you know, we didn't, we didn't get along with that at the beginning, but I think what happened was, you know, we realized that we're both on the same team. We're both fighting for the same goal and we're both tough as hell, you know? And, uh, Eventually, you know, I was the only guy kind of left. You know, Mark Duper, Mark Clayton were gone, and Irvin Fire and Mark Ingram were gone, and and then Tony Martin. I was the only one that he knew they could count on. And I think that's how we started developing that, you know, that relationship, that rapport. Um, he he knew I was going to be where I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be there. We had this, this this silent communication that we always had, or you know, I knew what he was thinking when he looked at me, and we were able to connect that way. So I think the fact that you know, I was one of the few guys, well, not one of the few guys, I won't say that. There were a bunch of guys, but there were a couple of guys that like kind of slept in meetings. I was one of those guys that was always awake and paying attention. And he knew that if I'm watching film and I'm paying attention, that I'd be ready on Sunday. And that's how, you know, Danny and I became, you know, so, so close. And, you know, he Clayton and and Duper are his guys, but I was his guy towards the ends of his career. So he's had guys that he's loved throughout, but at the end of it, it was me. And I'm I'm blessed to be in that position.
0: Man, I'm just like I'm just trying to grasp what it would be like to play with the date, the the great Dan Marino. Like it yeah. man must have been amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna tell you me. I'll tell you a quick story, man. We um, uh, you know, of course, Danny's Danny's great, and we've had some games, you know, that you know, we're playing. And I was watching one of the games afterwards, and they made a comment about how you know, me and Danny had some miscommunication, right? And they were like, well, it has to be OJ McDuffie's fault because you know Dan Marino's been around for 15 years now. So it's gotta be McDuffie's fault. And then that was on the broadcast. So I watched the broadcast later that night when I get home. And I'm like, wow, I, I don't it wasn't my fault, right? So the next day in the meetings, Danny looks at the film he said, Oh, okay, juice, that's my bad. That's my bad. Yeah. But the rest of the world doesn't know that, you know what I mean? <laughs> So with Danny, <laughs> yeah. he manned up and said that was his bad on that play, man. But everybody else thinks it's my fault, but that's okay. It's all right.
0: That, that's what it's like to be a leader, though. Taking accountability and, uh, man, he was a great leader.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely, bro.
0: Man, I appreciate you so much for coming on today.
1: Man, I appreciate you, man. And, and, and all you do, man, and all you go through, man. And you know what? You're tough as nails. You're still smiling, man. I love it, bro. Keep up that positive energy.
0: Thank you so much and for everybody listening at home, we did a anti-bullying campaign podcast uh together that you guys should go check out. Show it to your kids uh to raise awareness to uh anti-bullying. Um it was a great special. I really enjoyed talking to you about that and I really enjoyed talking to you today. Just thank you again so much for giving me some of your time today on this thursday afternoon
1: anytime geo man and check us out you know on, on the fish tank podcast as well man you yeah, got sure. to catch, catch some of those stories we got some former eagles that have been on there man you'd appreciate it and, you know the keith jackson the keith byers we got some eagles players on there man so check out our podcast as well brother
0: yes sir you all right him, thank you
1: you got him anytime